Okay, well hello there. You're listening to the Sunspots Comics Podcast, issue number 38. And I am your humble host, Chris Latori. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you already do so, thank you. If you don't, please follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Sunspots Comics. We would greatly appreciate it. If you have questions, concerns, recommendations, you want a recommendation, hit me up, email me, chris at sunspotscomics.com. And also, if you haven't, please give us a five-star review on iTunes. It helps the show out. We'd greatly appreciate it. So this is issue number 38. And quick recap of the show. I've got three comic book feel-good factoid freebies. I got a couple of announcements to make. I've got 16 comics that I read. Six made the top picks, the favorite list. And they're pretty nice. They're they're doozies. They're good ones. So uh, tune in, strap in, put your seatbelt on, put your good shoes, your comfortable comfortable sneaks on and uh let's let's jump right in oh before uh we go into anything of announcement uh justin my son justin latori is going to be taking over the sunspots sunspotscomics.com blog page he's going to be writing about i mean we're it's loose we're thinking about him writing about comic book movies and tv shows um, so I've laid down some criteria. He's going to be giving me some content. And so check it out. Justin Latori writing a blog page on sunspotscomics.com slash blog. Or just go to Sunspots Comics and you'll see it. Just click on blog. And Zombie Destroyers, announcement number 10. Zombie Destroyers, if you're just tuning in, is a comic book that I am writing, coloring, lettering, and my buddy Jordan Hudson is doing the art. Thank goodness he's doing it. It's gorgeous. Uh, follow him, please. Instagram, Jordan underscore Hudson underscore art. He uh, handed me page two. So page two is done, complete. And it is gorgeous. Thank you, Jordan. And if you haven't seen it yet, go to sunspotscomics.com. Uh, or, I'm sorry, zombiedestroyers.com. And check out the little page one sort of snap that's on there. It's pretty nice. Eventually, we'll put a full-blown lettered not colored but black and white page there that you can actually read and start checking out this comic book that uh, I created uh, with Jordan's help so that'll be coming very very soon so that's uh, pretty much the announcement so thank you there so much and let's jump right into issue number 38 and away we go right off the bat let's go into the three not five comic book feel good factoid freebies what is that you ask maybe you're just tuning in I don't know Comic book uh, feel-good factoid freebies are just articles that I think are a little different. They're about comic books, but they're a little something that piques my interest, something a little unique, a little twisty, a little, little different, so I like to just sort of highlight them. And the first one actually comes from, and I don't highlight very often, comicbookresources.com. And it's kind of a cool little top ten list that they did about the top ten comic book movies made about comic book artists. And... I gotta admit, some of these I haven't even seen. Uh, some of them I have seen, but I wouldn't consider them something in the neighborhood of an actual comic book writer movie. It's like they just happen to be comic book artists or writers, and the movie really doesn't have, really isn't, comic books are not really the centerpiece of the movie, but some of these kind of dip into that. Like number 10 of theirs, American Splendor, most definitely. That's uh, written about Harvey Picar, so that's definitely the life of a comic book artist slash writer monkey bones their number nine with actor brandon frazier so that uh, uh was kind of a flop i guess in the in the i saw this years ago and i don't even really remember it but i do remember the monkey bone comic was sort of the centerpiece around that um if i remember it was like henry Selick. but anyway 
Um, what else? Oh, and then uh, number, I guess we're number eight. And I'll, of course, post this on uh, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook so you can actually check it out. But uh, Chasing Amy is on there, which uh, definitely is a, uh, you know, Kevin Smith movie focusing on Blunt Man and Chronic, the comic book. <laughs> uh, cool World, Brad Pitt. I remember seeing that. Gabriel Byrne was in that. And uh, uh, kind of on the adult side of animation, really. Not necessarily a comic book, per se, but been many years of that since I've seen that and here's one that I didn't think about the ambulance starring Eric Roberts so I have to peek in and dig a little more to see if that's actually again the centerpiece to round actual comic books and uh, the next one's cellar dweller so this is where the guy um, uh, he's kind of a horror comic book artist who also sits with a full-on suit when he's drawing his comic which is interesting but uh, I want to check that out um, on it starts with Jeffrey Combs he was like in reanimator and the frighteners so I just want to check out Cellar Dweller. Gremlins, of course. I mean, that is just, again, that's one of those, he's slightly there, he's trying to break in. Not necessarily the centerpiece. The Hand. This is one I want to check out, starring Michael Caine. And it's 1981. And uh, this is, um, he basically is kind of a Conan the Barbarian sort of comic book writer. But I got to peek into that, see if that centers around. And How to Murder Your Wife, 1965, Jack Lemmon. He has the, uh, his name is Bash Brannigan, and he does a character called, that's on here, uh, uh, oh, it doesn't show what it is, I thought it did, but, no, but anyway, he, um, they show him, like, sleeping at a, at a nice table where he's drawing his comic book, so, have to check that one out, so, I'll post, that's my first one. Second one is, uh, also from, uh, this is from, um, Rolling Stone. Dot com and Rolling Stone announced that Dan Auerbach of of uh, I love I love the Black Keys of the Black Keys is um, writing a soundtrack for Murder Ballads. It's a comic book coming out, so I dig this. Is it just going to be him? Is it going to be solo singing? Is it going to be no singing? Is it just going to be him playing guitar? But I love when comic books are paired up with music, and this is someone that I respect, the uh, Black Keys uh, lead man. So interesting. I'm, I have to check that out. Uh, if it's going to be, you know, you press play at the start of the comic, and it it pairs so awesomely well. And and what is it going to be? Just tones, sound, him on the guitar, him on the piano, him singing. I just can't. There's that's they don't really sh explain yet to what extent the music will be that he is going to be uh, designing as an accompaniment to the comic book. But definitely interested in that. So I'll be I'll be peeking in to see where he goes with that. And, uh, and the last comic book feel-good factoid for me, third and final, is from NBC News, titled Iron Max, Marvel Features Boy with Hemophilia in Iron Man Comic Book. So this was actually in Invincible Iron Man number four, which I want to say was a couple weeks ago. They actually took this, this kid, Max, and drew him into the comic. I, I actually highlighted him, didn't know it was a real person at the time until they explained it now, but... Iron Man goes to a children's hospital and he brings an empty Iron Man suit and lets Max try it on. Uh, they show the panel here that they actually took a real life person, Max Levy, and drew him and put him into the comic. And they actually had a nice little exchange. Check it out, Invincible Iron Man number four, if you want to see that. But they raised seven thousand bucks for the kid. They set up a foundation to, to if you'd like to go ahead and and donate to him uh, for your support for for Max and his uh, debilitating disease, hemophilia, that he's him and his family are trying so hard to battle and uh, Marvel stepped up and said hey we can help you with that battle so very very cool that's my final third and final comic book feel good 
factoid freebie. So those are fun. Those are very cool. And uh, let's jump right in, because this week there's no artificial intelligence, no spider sense tingling article, so we're going to jump right in, because uh, my favorite part is where I get to review these comic books. The first of maybe three spoiler alerts, I do read them thoroughly, once, twice, maybe three times sometimes, and I try not to give the, the heaviest, heavy dutiest of plot lines, but it does happen from time to time, so I will review these comic books and... Please support your local comic book shop. Buy these on paper. Go into the store and say, these are what I want because Chris at Sunspots Comics ref you referred me, recommended. I get them, and they're super, super good. I read 16 this week for New Comic Book Day, January 20th. 16, and of the 16, I actually picked uh, six, top six. So pretty good. Not a bad ratio. There were some, uh, some, definite, some definite comics that were right on the verge there, and... For, for one reason and another, these made the top pick list. And quick mention, my cover winner and art winner this week was Sean Murphy of Tokyo Ghost Number no. 5. Fantastic, beautiful lines. He does have that scratchy kind of style, which I love, but it's very detailed. The way he draws energy, it's just very kinetic, very, it's very realistic. It, it, the way he blurs action, it's just a whole lot of fun. And the way he inks it, a whole lot of pink, just loves... The colorist loves pink and very, very gorgeous. So that's my art winner and my cover winner is Tokyo Ghost number five, Sean Murphy. Fantastic stuff. And this week of number ones, there were four. Uh, well, actually three. Uh, Silver Surfer number one doesn't count, but Silver Surfer one, number one was very good. But uh, I think uh, actually that is the only number. No, there are two number ones. Devolution was another number one that made it to the top six. And oh, the third is um, Pencilhead. So three of my top six picks were the three number ones that were genuine number ones. So uh, not too shabby. So we'll mention those here uh, in a second. And so before I, again, last chance, uh, spoiler alert, before I go ahead and review the uh, six. But coming in at number six was by Dynamite Comics, Devolution, number one, written by Rick Remender. Which Rick Remender is doing so much good stuff from Black Science. That just pops right into my head. Um, and he is he's nailing it. He's in the he's in the zone. He's in the, he's right in the sweet spot right now. But ultimately this had a good sort of premise, a good origin. It sets up to where the world just keeps going at going at each other and all these wars, and they design a drug that will uh, reduce us, that will de-evolve us, that, uh, if that's a word, that will send us back to a more primal, simplistic mental state. Well, yeah, that, that doesn't go very well. <laughs> and of course, uh, it turns most of humans, I guess, a good part of the population, into these ravaging, you know, Conan raping crazy person, pe crazy people. Yeah, but it does kind of repair the earth, and uh, it centers around a female character here that is just from dumb luck ends up uh, saving a, a man from this small village and, and you get a real snapshot of how villages are how these small it's in Vegas by the way Las Vegas but um it's destroyed and torn and and sort of growing back into the green in the desert which is strange but I dig that also they had a little side story about this group that's on the moon that doesn't look like they're infected there but um, they go through continual decontaminations and one lady is actually contaminated jettisons herself into space so kind of a cool little side story you have like you know on earth what's happening and then also up on the moon so 
pretty pretty cool so uh, I like that I dig it I like the premise it's a lot of fun I definitely oh and the Jay Lee cover I tell you it almost made cover of the week but uh, Jay Lee you can't uh, can't deny his amazing skill his warped look on reality and and very dark and uh, love Jay Lee so you gotta love that cover and uh, I dug it devolution I'm gonna it's, it's added to the pull list so check it out folks and uh, number five is uh, from Marvel Comics Silver Surfer number one and uh, by the way that's um, Dan Slott writing who's doing a lot of spider-man for for he's has been doing spider-man for a long time and the Allreds, Michael Allred on art and his wife Laura Allred on colors. They love drawing like, like a plethora of like almost multicolored balloons. I, I remember that on Art Ops recently. I'm like, wow, they like drawing rainbow colorings of balloons. Well, this is a this is a, a weird kind of comic. It it centers around Eve, who is like Silver Surfer's girlfriend. They seem to clearly be together. Again, past continuity, not that much into. And there's this alien race that is for some reason stealing everything art related on the earth because they believe that it will help repair their planet. And so kind of an interesting social question, I guess, that's brought here that if humans were devoid of art and music and and, you know, uh, everything in the realm of art, comic books, would we not want to kill each other and destroy our planet? So interesting question there. But this is weird, and it's uh, this alien race with four eyes. Each alien, green alien, is uh, is affected by the art they're stealing from us, and they turn into characters from movies, from TV shows. You have a sort of Marty McFly alien, so they they actually take on the look of a lot of our popular culture, from the Wizard of Oz characters to. Uh, <laughs> Uh, someone wearing the Bruce Lee jumpsuit or Kill Bill jumpsuit and uh, it's even a Tron outfit alien so they're being in sort of infected by our art and it does have some action and fighting but they ultimately talk these aliens out of what they're trying to do by stealing our art that's he you know Silver Surfer and Eve explain that's what humans are that's how we live and we wouldn't change that and that there's hope for us and uh, and also towards the end there, we're introduced to Ben Grimm, the thing, and um, and also into maybe what's very much coming soon with this a different alien race and Ben Grimm. So I like it. It's weird. It's twisted. It's it's done by the Allreds, and I added it to the pull list. I'm, I'm not the biggest Silver Surfer fan uh, historically, but I'm going to give this one a try. It's got the Allreds on there. I did have to bounce out of art ops that they were doing together. Just got kind of, I don't know, but uh, I'm going to stick with this. And coming in at number four is by Ted McKeever from Image Comics. Number one, Pencil Head. And I love the, the right underneath the main title of it. It says, Oddball Artists, Twisted Writers, Demented Editors, Office Politics, Hamburgers, and a Dead Stripper. <laughs> and this is a cartoony style black and white. And it's just, uh, this was pretty good. I really enjoyed this. It centers around the, our pencil head character who is a comic book artist. So that's why it kind of tied into that, that top 10 on the comic book feel good factoid freebies. It uh, ties in there because this is the life of a comic book artist. And he is drawing these sort of multi-teethed black demons that seem to be dripping black paint from them. And one is attacking him and you realize, okay, it's a dream. 
So, alright, and then we go back to where he's presenting his comic book to his editor, and he sees that the editor has added a whole lot of large sound effects, pretty much blocking a lot of his art. So an interesting inside look at the world of comic books, people. And uh, that's something I try to do with uh, Jordan doing art for Zombie Destroyers for me. I, I definitely, his art is gorgeous, so I don't want to just block everything with a lot of sound effects and giant, you know, um, dialogue and giant speech bubbles. I try to keep it very minimal, but also being a point of the story, but, you know, his art is gorgeous, and uh, he's, and this, in this comic book, he's having pains with that. He's like, you can't even see his art. So you're introduced to his, his friend who likes to sit in the, in pretty much the most disgusting, saddest strip club you've ever seen. You just have to see it, I'm not even going to describe it, because he quote-unquote likes the food. And as he, as his buddy slaps the burger out of his hand, or pencil head slaps the burger out of his friend's hand, <clears throat> a piece of the burger falls into the stripper's throat, and yes, she maybe dies, and they just run. <laughs> and so hijinks ensue, it, it taps upon that, is it reality, is it not reality, because you're seeing the, the monster that he's drawing and that was in his dream in a subway, and the little exchange that they have in the subway here uh, I, I, I bet you it's a love letter to New York subways, but they meet a guy that's twisted and has like a broken clarinet and uh, is, is just this twisted dude. He draws them in a really kind of wicked way, which is interesting. And uh, he's got a broken clarinet and he's uh, talking about aliens. So yeah, I, could, I, can only, I don't have spent a lot of time on New York subways, but I can only imagine... If you have for a long period of time, you're gonna you're gonna have stories like this of a weird guy wearing stars on his head and with a broken clarinet talking about aliens. But anyway, it's just a it's just an interesting, creative, unique peek inside the world of comic books in a twisted kind of black and white way. I wish it was colored. I'd say it'd be higher on the ranking if it were, but still does nice and in this cartoony kind of style. Reminds me of like minimum wage. Uh, the dialogue is very sort of adult, but enjoyed it. That's pencil head. Number four, and my number three, oh my gosh, number three, Marvel Comics, Star Wars number 15, artist Jason Aaron and writer, inkist, colorist, or inkist, colorist, Mike Mayhew, and let me tell you, right off the opening page, they do like a, all of the lettering in the interior is sort of translated into, I don't know what sort of language, an alien language, but it's kind of cool, it's almost like a, a legend as to what letter goes with what symbol so you could I'm sure there are people out there decoding and deciphering this already but interesting right from the get-go and this style is very polished uh, this this is my second place for art cover and art it's super polished I would say in the Greg Land style look him up if you haven't seen it you can definitely tell there's some digital photo imaging of style which is great which is good but then he sort of pops right out of that and goes into some freehand art. You can just kind of tell it's a maybe a smidge jarring when it goes from that digital referencing to actual art. But anyway, this is a cool just sort of glimpse into Obi-Wan Kenobi's journal and how he's hanging out on Tatooine trying not to be noticed, but also making sure that he protects Luke Skywalker. So it's it's what you want. It's what was it's what's in your head thinking about how long he stayed there from when Luke is born to when Luke is, you know, in his, he's eight, 17, 18, whenever it was in, in episode four. And this has Uncle Baru or, uh, or Aunt Uncle Owen and Aunt Baru, um, even 
uh, berating Obi-Wan for getting too close, for giving him spare parts. Uh, and clearly, he's not staying hidden enough, and they just want him away from Luke because uh, they know about uh, the Anakin Skywalker and what happened to him, and they want Obi-Wan to keep further distance. And there's just a really kind of awkward exchange between uh, Uncle Owen and Obi-Wan, but uh, he doesn't really listen he's going to I mean it seems like he may follow along but he's also like hey I'm a Jedi and I, I think I know what's right for Luke as well so maybe a peek into where that's gonna go I definitely want to see more of that is uh, you know if they're gonna have more exchanges where he's like look I'm you know I Luke is strong with the force and I need to guide him I don't want to make we don't want what happened to Anakin happen to Luke and uh, then we're introduced to uh, the the black Kersantan, I think is what they call him, the 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 new Wookiee that's entered the scene that is on the hunt for Obi-Wan, for the person that 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 beat up Jabba's Jabba's uh, men, which Obi-Wan did in I think the last 13 or 12 that he did there and and so interesting turn here. Uh, this Wookiee finds Obi-Wan. He's not using his lightsaber too, which he, you could tell like the look on his face, he just feels saddened by that like he really wished he wishes he could just go full Jedi but he has to he has to protect Luke and stay in the shadows and he does reference that he's talking to Qui-Gon which is crazy so I just enjoyed it and it was a lot of fun and that's why I made my number three pick and number two from Terry Moore Abstract Studios Rachel Rising number 39 Terry Moore for me is quickly becoming one of the greatest writers artists in comic book uh, in in comic books, period. His work is fantastic. The way his dialogue here, the way this this ultimately it, it made me sad. It really did. It's very rare that a comic book will actually give me that gut wrenching feeling of number one being frightened because there are some some really frightening images here. Number two, actually being sort of sad with certain things. And sometimes that won't hit my radar or make the top picks because maybe it doesn't make me feel good not a feel good kind of comic but if it truly evokes emotion it should be it should be given notice and that's definitely what Rachel Rising is doing there's definitely hope there and there is the light but in this particular episode I like that there's kind of a recap at the beginning because hey we're in page 39 so this is kind of a good jump on point if you want to jump on to Rachel Rising and I showed this to Jordan Hudson hey Jordan and he uh, he he was actually really impressed with the concept and with the frightening moments I was pointing out like wow that really looks scary with some comments that he made so thanks Jordan for that and uh, it actually shows that and explains again that Rachel's power is to see the final moments before someone dies and her sort of aunt works in a morgue and they are really trying to find who killed Rachel they still actually don't know that 39 episodes in and they haven't been able to find that person but she's uh she's touching cadavers kind of reminded me of chew in a little way where chew has to eat something and then sees has visions of that person but this is more specifically of the moments before someone dies so she they see a child and like they're all very emotionally affected by this that a child's in the morgue and her vision is what she sees that someone is just on the phone and runs over this kid and then takes off I hit and run it's just wrenching it's just uh, my gosh if you don't feel sort of disgusted and sad and then uh, you know you should uh, have your your guts looked at something's wrong with you but 
couldn't help but feel heavy emotion from this comic it was it's solid again I, I sort of wished it was colored it's black and white but still that's how all his work is and the last couple of pages from another vision that she has from this this cadaver they found floating in a lake which it just looks disgusting uh, she has a vision that's a little bit different uh, they know that there is a bad person on the hunt for them they get a clue to that at the end here but I tell you it's uh Rachel trying to figure out who who killed her is interesting and it's uh, it's it's uh, it, she's has to be full you feel that she's full of dread that she doesn't really feel she has a chance to do this but she has to find out who who killed her to stop that person so very very well done it was like number one and number two they should have just both been number ones they were really really good but for new comic book day January 20th my number one pick of the week out of all 16 comics was from Image Comics, Tokyo Ghost number five by Rick Remender. Uh, artist by Sean, art by Sean Murphy, who is the cover winner and art winner this week. Colorist Matt Hollingsworth, have to point him out, Mr. He Loves Pink and Orange. But this is kind of the end of an arc, the end of the first arc, the end of the first chapter of Tokyo Ghost. And this has been a lot of fun. Way in the future where we have Led, who is a constable, but is just jacked on nanites and this crazy 24-7 internet and steroids and just pumped full of it just makes him this massive behemoth that rides this crazy motorcycle and then he's with his girlfriend Deb who is uh, she's doesn't she's pure she doesn't have any implants and nano machines and technology and she doesn't go on the internet the opposite side and she's really trying to save his soul trying to cure him of this and they go to Tokyo with initially the uh with the plan of finding someone for this debt collector like one last time and they'll be free and they can live their lives and they go to Tokyo and it's definitely that Tom Cruise movie that uh, pops right into my head um, which the title of it is escaping me but where he goes to Japan and and cleans himself and cleans up and and uh, it's gonna last samurai I think was the name of it <clears throat> definitely reminds me of that and that uh, they've been living there for a while, but now things are crazy. Uh, Led uh, had his childhood bullies chase him. Now they're all nano jacked, etc., into this land of Tokyo, which he was living a clean life. They were he was off the meds and drugs and internet craziness, and it seemed like they were going on this clean and happy path. Uh, no, that's not where Rick Remender took this story. <coughs> Excuse me, but he went into where. He f led felt he had no choice but to get Jack back in to fight off and save Tokyo when in reality the bad guy that they were dealing with before they went into Tokyo uh, takes over his the artificial intelligence program that's built into these nanobots and drugs that they're injecting into him so he's being controlled and he's ultimately going around and fighting and killing everyone in this little beautiful green non-affected by the rest of the disgusting world little small city in Tokyo and he's he's just laying people down <laughs> very rare where just the entire comic you're going no 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 I mean he just they spent an episode showing how gorgeous this land was and untouched and clean and there's rivers and lakes and fish and he just destroys it all and Deb's trying to keep it together the he the the primary leader who is a woman led killed her and that was just gut-wrenching and she Deb is trying to hide their son and he's uh, he's taking everybody out 
and finally the the patriarch of the of this small Tokyo village this woman gives her her sort of origin story and explains that she was being tested for this liquid EMP that they would inject into their blood and go into these uh, warring countries and and use just her, her body her blood I guess her it, it infects her and she has sort of that power to EMP on demand uh, and she didn't do that she she created this little Tokyo and that's why they're nanite and and implant free so interesting conceptual design there a liquid EMP very different another thing that is very very cool but uh, so Deb uh, has no choice but to but to she takes the injection of the liquid EMP and so it, it's putting them on lead and Deb on complete opposite ends I mean they love each other they spent time developing that love they have for each other which is fantastic look at some of the listen to some of the previous podcasts and where they were Tokyo Ghost was top picks and you'll You'll hear they did a really good, sort of realistic, very raw um, background story of, of how they met each other. And this now has put them on complete opposite side. And Deb has no choice but to try to take Led out because he's being controlled. And that's uh, that's without mentioning everything, but it's kind of how the end of the arc goes. And man, what a cliffhanger. Like, what's going to happen after that? They're going to fight each other after all that, after like the love they had for each other? Man, well written. I kind of didn't see that coming. I didn't think... They would actually pit them against each other. It's pretty crazy. So what a cliffhanger ending. So, uh, yeah, that's the show. So <laughs> there you go. That's my number one fantastic comic books this week. Go out, go to your local comic book shop, buy them in paper. Fantastic stuff. Oh, and last announcement before I close up. I'm actually working on a contest. It's going to be the first ever Sunspots Comics mystery box. I'm not exactly sure what I'm going to be throwing into this box yet. I'm sure it's going to be comic book related for the most part. Maybe some movie stuff. Who knows? But it's going to be a plethora of little things, and you can win it. I just don't know what the contest is going to be on yet. I've, I've kind of got the box. I've got four or five things in the box already, but I want to put a few more and give it away to listeners like you as a way of saying thank you. So be uh, your this is announcement number one of it, Comic Book uh, Sunspots Comics Mystery Box Contest, coming very, very soon. So again, please um, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Sunspots Comics. Write me, if email me please, uh, chris at sunspotscomics.com. And again, hit us on iTunes with a five-star review. We would greatly, greatly appreciate it. So hope you had a good time. Hope you had fun. Seems like a short and sweet episode right at the 30-minute mark. But hope you had a good time. And thank you so much for listening. And next week, I will be doing issue number 38. So please tune in. We'd appreciate it. Tell a friend. Tell someone you care about. It would mean a lot. So have a good one. I'll be talking to you soon. This is Chris. And thank you for listening to issue number 38 of Sunspots Comics Podcast. I'll be talking to you soon. Oh!
Testing, one, two, three.